0: Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the latest episode of the Romans Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. On the chopping block today, obviously, uh, post UEFA Super Cup, is Villarreal. So before we kind of dive into it, I'll introduce my co-host. I'll start with Andres today. Uh, Andres, coming fresh off of your uh, off of your game today. Well, first of all, how did it go? And second of all, how are you feeling?
1: we had a rematch of the final of last season, and we won by two or three goals, I believe. Mm. So um, great, great game, but I, my body's really feeling it. I've been uh, up since 5.15. I worked out with our trainer, then I went to work, then I coached, and then I played. So yeah, safe to say that I'll be
2: sleeping like a baby tonight. Sam, so, um, buddy, yeah. how's it going? We're the champ champs of Europe, Zach. We Cham- are the champ champs. We are not just the champions of Europe. We're now the, the undisputed. champ champs. We're the undisputed Man. champions uh-huh. of
0: Europe. I wish I had the Conor McGregor soundbite where he goes,
2: the double champ does what the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. That's us right That's now. Where we're we do whatever at. the fuck we want. Yep. Roman Abramovich, he does whatever the fuck he wants. He wants Lukaku, he gets it. <laughs> he wants Jules Kunde, we we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about that later, but yeah, I, uh, I had to take off work to, I I hope none of my bosses listen to this, but I had to take off work to watch the match and it's the worst when, you know, you're taking off time off work and it goes to extra time and then it goes to penalties. It's like, come on. Like I was, I I allotted myself, you know, 90 minutes plus, plus halftime to get off work and it ends up being a three hour long match. It just ruins everything a little extra pto uh, usage there i don't get pto i'm on salary so oh there you go i work they make me work as late as i have to (laughs) they don't get weekends whatever (laughs) that's that's my problem um all right let's get into this match so oh you didn't add the lineup huh cool all right i will be i will pull it up we're in a preseason form
1: I got this. I got this. In goal, Eduard Mendy. The back three from right to left, consisting of Trevo Chalova, Kurt Zuma in the middle, and Antonio Rudiger on the left. The four in midfield, starting from right to left, were Hudson-Odoi, Kovacic, Conte, and Alonso. And the front three from right to left of Ziyech, Werner, and Kai Havertz.
2: Stay in your lane, Andreas. Okay. This is, that's, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I probably could have done that. Did you do that off memory? Cause I feel like I probably could have done it off memory as well. That was a waste of my time. Uh, but yeah, we'll start off with, with pointing out that Thomas Tuchel becomes the first manager in Chelsea's history to win both the champions league and the super cup, which is kind of a vague fact since this is only our second time winning champions league, but still it's a, it's a fact. Um, so let's start off. I think the main talking point has got to be Hakeem um scoring the lone uh, regular time goal. Um, he's been on fire lately in this preseason. Um, I think he has. He's had like six goals. Is that true? Is that, is that six number six correct? Goals six and goals and one five. Assist. Yeah, in like four or five games. So correct. he's been on a he's been on a tear. In this match, in forty three minutes, he had a goal uh one shot one goal four key passes four out of nine crosses completed however unfortunately went down late in the first half with a shoulder injury um and as of today we were recording uh the night Wednesday night um there is no official update i've seen some reports that it was a shoulder injury um i'm hoping it's it's just a dislocated shoulder and not a broken collarbone. Um, those are like the two things I kind of thought that this injury could be broken. Collarbone would obviously be a long recovery time, but dislocated shoulder, um, you know, if he doesn't get surgery, that's just a very high chance of him re popping it out. You know, once you, once you dislocated once that tendon becomes loose and, you know, if you don't get it surgically repaired, it's just, it's just waiting to pop out again. Um, so it's 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 very unfortunate this is the second year in a row where Ziesh gets hurt in the preseason and is not healthy for the beginning of the regular season and uh it really sucks for him in the sense that we've got Lukaku coming in and we've already got this this it's not really a battle or competition but I can't even pick our best front three. I don't think you guys are even able to right now. Like, we don't know. And by the time Hakeem Ziyech comes back, I think that that decision of who our best front three will be uh, will already be decided. And it's going to be really tough for him to break back into it. I think, uh, hopefully, I mean, Tuchel is pragmatic. He's seen what he's done this preseason. And I don't think he's gonna, the type of guy to kind of shut him off and, you know, but all at the same time, he he would have to earn his place back. And it's just very sad because last season, what we got from Hakeem Ziyech was not what we wanted. It was, it was not the Hakim Ziyech of old. And he was having flashes of, of the wizard, of what he was pre-Chelsea, honestly. Um, but it's, it's just so sad to see that happen again. Zachary, are you hopeful that he can pick up where he left off when he comes back?
0: I sure hope so. Um, Ziyech kind of came into this preseason, I think, out of all of our experienced players, he had the biggest point to prove. Um, You know, Granted, he already has a a pretty decent reputation amongst Europe for his past Champions League performances, but last season's his first year at a giant club like Chelsea, and obviously, like you said, it didn't go the way he wanted. So he comes into this season wanting all the smoke from everybody. And I think you kind of saw that in his celebration too, a little bit of frustration that he let out there. Um, but specifically what I noticed is that Thomas Tuchel is rooting for him as well. I mean, there, his name did get um, thrown around in a lot of transfer rumors. There was interest from other clubs, most notably AC Milan. We've, uh, we decided, we've opted not to sell him and keep him in our squad this year. Um, he's one of those players that just has that ability to be completely brilliant on one day. But like you said, he also has that ability to be ind- invisible on the next. So this preseason, we've seen him put together his most consistent run of games granted it is preseason but i mean six goals and one assist in five preseason matches he comes into a cup final like this he was easily our best player on the pitch while he was on the pitch um and it's just yeah it's, it kind of stinks that he went down so
2: and, and we look dead after he went down like it just, we did yeah we, and, and like I, we couldn't. i think i think that's i think that's Key.
0: Um, looking ahead, I think the impact that he can have potentially with a big striker like Lukaku, who's decent in the air and great on getting on the end of crosses, we would really miss Z-ish. Um But like you said, Sam, the worry is, you know, if it is a dislocated shoulder you're looking at, I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, I did a quick Google search somewhere between six to eight weeks, if that is the case there is a chance that we could find our best front three in that time, or there is a chance that we could find our best formation or system during that time, and that could not include Ziyech, so it's yeah, a tough that, one.
1: It, it sucks, because you guys are thinking six, eight weeks in the future, I'm thinking he was going to be an outright starter this weekend yeah, against Crystal Palace, so we're looking yeah. to get three points on Saturday, and the man is playing, or he was playing like a man possessed. Uh, I read somewhere that in his 43 minutes, nobody else in the match created more chances um, in the game. So in 43 minutes, he was the outright uh, leading chance creator for both Chelsea and Villarreal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, to me, it, it's it's really unfortunate. We talk about his injury time and, and how long he'll be out. And, you know, he's going to miss now maybe potentially a month or two. And to add salt to, inj- to, you know, to the wound kind of thing, he's going to be gone in January for the African Cup of Nations that's been postponed. Oh, so, man, I didn't even So think this guy's that. not really catching a break anywhere. Uh, and again, Ugh. you know, we, we went until the end of the season with kind of in our heads that it was, you know, always going to be Werner, Kai, and Mount. But Zia scored in a quarterfinal for Champions League and a semifinal for a Champions League. Uh, round of sixteen for the Champions League. Uh, I think, uh, he scored in the FA Cup semi-finals against City. I think he also scored against City flat out in the league when we beat them. So, the guy is definitely a man for the big occasion. And I think the one thing that was missing for him last season was just kind of his swagger. And he, like you said, Zach, the celebration th- that guy just feeds off of his own kind of ego in a way. So for him to be kind of now having to take two steps back with an injury is, is extremely unfortunate, especially, like you guys both alluded to, uh, he's playing in one of the most congested areas of talent in terms of our squad.
0: I think the other thing to note, Andres, is you know we, we talk about how well he's played leading up to this match. I think this is the first game um, where we walked into it knowing that he was going to probably start. I think this is the first time we could honestly say that about Ziyech in a Chelsea kit. Like this next match, Super Cup, he's been our best player in the preseason. I think the two names, the first two names you probably would have put on a team sheet would be him and Cho. So, just kind of adds insult to injury. But <sighs> let's cross our fingers. I mean, as of now, there is no update. So, but but the thing is, I don't know if he comes off unless it's uh, either a dislocation or a broken collarbone. I mean, if it's a sprain or something like that or a bone bruise. Then he should probably
1: stay on. We'll have to see. A buddy of mine sent me a picture of him with a trophy, and he just had a sling. Uh, He said it doesn't look like a collarbone. I don't know how much more restraint you would need to put on a player or like on a a person when the collarbone breaks. But he was standing. Your arm at all? He was standing straight up, like he was just walking around. So it it must have been something shoulder related. Yeah, uh, hopefully and, and they again, popped it back in.
2: I mean, sorry, sorry, Andres. But, like, if if it was a shoulder dislocation, they would have just popped it in right there. I mean, you saw, him, the you saw him bite into that little, like, I don't even know what it was, inhaler type thing. I've never seen anything like that. But, apparently, that was used to, like, you know, cope with the pain. I don't know what's in that. I'd like one of those, honestly. <laughs> try it out, see what it feels like. Uh, but... Um, I'll I'll skip the shoulder dislocation part and just go straight for the, the straight to the psychedelic, whatever it is. But <laughs> I think at this point, we know he's we know that it's it's either a dislocated shoulder or a broken collarbone. What Andreas is saying about you know he he was at the, he was on the bench in a sling also, and then after the match, if he's like you know walking around and. Like, I think that if it was a broken collarbone, he would have to be way more restricted because it's not, you know, like if you think about it, a broken collarbone is not, they don't put it back to place. You have to keep it stabilized and let it heal or get surgery. Um, But with a dislocated shoulder, you pop it back into place. And the reason why I know this is because I, 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 like two of my best friends have dislocated their shoulders and like I've had to go to a doctor to get them <laughs> pop them back into place two different you know, times
0: me and andres never dislocated our shoulders
2: <laughs> i have other friends oh, <laughs> not, oh. not you guys but did you oh. you've never dislocate your shoulder right
0: no um, i just tore my achilles no big deal oh, yeah
2: no big deal <laughs> young young ruben loftus cheek um, <laughs> so let's get into our first twitter question this one is from ronnie ashworth at huey98758 he says how good was chaloba tonight trevo chaloba when i saw his name uh, on the first team sheet uh, i mean on on the sheet tonight i i thought that this was just kind of like a showcase because there was talks about him going off on loan and from what i read on the athletics uh, article about him he, you know he's insistent on it being alone, because he wants to come back. He like mm-hmm. you know not only has Tuchel given him confidence and said like you know you have a chance to earn your spot on the first team this year, but at the same time he's not gonna get he's not gonna get consistent minutes for sure. Um, but it, it it it's still he still isn't decided. According to this article, they said that. He's he's making his decision within the week. But after the match today, I don't know if I want to see him go out on loan. Uh, mm-hmm. 123 out of 130 passes completed, including five clearances, five interceptions, two tackles, one blocked shot, three out of three ground duels won, two out of five aerial duels won. Um, let me read you this quick uh, post-match quote from Tuchel. He said he forced his way into our thinking. Let's see how it goes. We still have some days to decide his personal uh his personal future, but in the moment he shows his value to the team zach wh- what did you make of Trevor Chalaba's performance tonight, and where do you see him amongst amongst the or his future with the team
0: um like you i I was really impressed um not only by, by just the statistics, I mean look, five five clearances, five interceptions. It's a one off cup final. Um his poise was probably what impressed me the most throughout the game because in the first half he started very strong. He looked comfortable on the ball. Um he was reading the game really well. Um and then the second half comes along where when Villarreal starts to get on the front foot and put us under a little bit of pressure. And honestly, they did make him uncomfortable at times, and they did put him in a couple awkward positions. I know he lost possession a few times, but the point is he eventually got his shit back together and finished out a very, very strong performance. And that shows maturity in his game, even at a, even at that young age. So um, the guy's had experience here, there, and everywhere. I mean, he's played in the championship before at center back, um he's done a job there he's 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 gone to france and played a lot of CDM he did a job there as well and um i i think he has a future here if i'm going to be completely honest um it's a tough one to decide whether or not i want him to go on loan this season my guts telling me yes only because um i think he can be a starter week in and week out on any team that's not competing for the title um i don't think he fits in our best 11 so it would be kind of unfair to him to keep him around but on the flip side I wouldn't put it past him to maybe earn a spot in our first 11 at some point. The positions he takes up defensively are really, really impressive. Most notably, there was one clearance, I think it was the second half, where it was a, basically a bicycle kick. Um, that was nuts. Ball came in mm-hmm. at this ridiculous, it was a ridiculous diagonal ball. I think it was a cross, um, dipping towards goal. And, you know, he reads it and does some sort of bicycle slash scissor kick to get it out of the way. And that's just one example. But, his his maturity on the pitch the positions he was taking up the performance as a whole how he you know started strong and then had a little bit of a dip and then finished even stronger it's very 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 impressive so uh I'm being kind of undecided here um but I think I think I'd like him to stay I think he could save us a lot of money this summer
1: I mean I think at this point we know that Zuma is most likely leaving Mm-hmm. Uh, the stories with Zuma don't go away whether it's from Italy whether it's from West Ham and and I can't blame the guy you know he was a starter for Chelsea at age 20 then the ACL thing happened he's showing that he can start for Stoke he can start for Everton yeah the back three might not be his his best but a team that likes to deploy a, block, a back four or a low block would love to have a Kurt Zuma and. I hope the club can be, you know, unselfish enough to let the guy know for let the guy go for the right price. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, I mean, I think this is the kind of guy that you keep. If we think of a back three, our our best back three, Rüdiger, let's say Tiago Silva or Christensen interchangeably. And then right now Aspie. Uh as a backup for Tiago, you've got Christensen. As a backup for Aspie, let's say, Reese James Well, as a backup for Rudiger. You can get a Trevor Chalaba, and he mm-hmm. can play on either side. He's also played down the middle. So the guy can do all three rules in the back. Uh, he obviously has the confidence to play in a game of this caliber. I mean, he had only played preseason matches for Chelsea. That meant nothing. And yeah, the rumors about his loan going around are happening. And then he starts and plays the full match. And like Zach said, it's not the fact that it was five clearances. It's when those clearances were coming and where on the pitch they were coming from. The guy was bodying seasoned pros. He was making the smart decisions that you expect somebody who's been there before to make. Uh, I just felt really good. I mean, he had like a mistake early in the match. And that could destroy a youth academy player in, a, in under the lights like in a Super Cup final, but instead he rose to the occasion and only improved from there. So, point, yeah, I mean, yeah. With, with Zuma most likely leaving, this is the kind of guy who you want to stay, especially when he is also very clear in his mind that this is where he wants to end up.
2: And I'm, I'm just looking through our, our center back depth chart right now. Okay, so you named... You named Rudiger, Christensen, Silva, Zuma, and Dave. Okay, that's five. And then you also included Reese James in that as well. That's six. As a backup, right. Right. I mean, the, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then some names that you might have forgotten, Ethan Ampadu also plays a lot of center back. He, he could, it's not necessarily he will play center back, you know, every time he plays, but he can play center back. Malong Sar is back on flown. I don't know what's gonna happen to him. Like I'm just I'm not saying that he's going to get a spot on the first team, but I'm just saying like, like losing Rudiger doesn't I mean sorry, losing Zuma would not necessarily mean like we need to keep Chalaba because we still have more depth at center back but, than but who know.
1: says we're keeping those guys? That's my thing. Like I have yet well, to say, yeah. Thomas Tuchel say anything positive, or at least, not positive, but go out of his way to mention an Ampadu, to mention a Malangsar, to mention, you know, these other options that you're listing. I, uh, we still uh, have Matt
2: I thought he. I thought we'd send him off already. You
1: no, know, he was an ender, I think, on loan. But the, the my point is, like, if Tuchel is going out of his way to speak about Trevo Chaloba, and if the club is saying, if we loan him, we're going to play him at center back, like a lot of things are lining up for me to think that this is the position that both manager and club want him to be at, mm-hmm. and if we think that our starting lineup for it is set, why not use an academy guy as a squad role player?
0: It it kills two birds with one stone with the uh, with the homegrown player rule too. Yeah, and it's exactly. somebody that Doesn't can actually produce. Slot. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I, I really like him then.
1: Okay. And I know that I may be falling like trap into the fact that, you know, one great performance or, or, you know, something along those lines. But the the club has let go of other academy players far quicker. And there's a reason why this guy got the five-year extension when he did and things like that. So, yeah, it, it's just – yeah, I mean I, I don't see why we couldn't make this happen.
2: Now looking to – the Kunde possible transfer. Um, I've got a, another question from Trey Wolf. Uh, he asked Do you think buying Kunde is necessary for 70 to 80 million uh, after that Chalaba performance? Um, Zach, uh, I mean, that we, we talked about bringing in Kunde and how amazing that deal would be. After one match of watching Trevor Chalaba, do we completely change our minds and say we don't need Kunde? We got our future guy right here. It's it.
0: Well, I'll start by saying this. It, it's silly to, to say that Koundé won't improve the squad. I'll start by saying that. A player of that quality coming into our team is definitely going to improve our squad. Whether he improves the starting 11 or not right off the bat is up for question. I said last week, the Koundé rumors strike me as a long-term replacement for Dave on the right side of that back three. Um you know, it replaces Dave with somebody that's athletic, comfortable carrying the ball forward and, you know, the ability to play the ball, um, whether it's a long ball or, you know, uh, short, quick passing in the midfield. He's, he's capable of doing everything as a, as a defender. He's kind of exemplifies your modern center back in a lot of ways. But what I saw from, from what I saw, uh, Trevor Chalaba is the same. He's very comfortable on the ball. He has a decent range of passing again he played a lot of CDM last year in league U. so he's very comfortable on the ball it's not something that's 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 foreign to him um and he does have that freakish athleticism that we talk about you know those those uh those overhead kicks and those you know um those aerial battles it, he kind of has that full package there so to answer trail wolf's question no it's not necessary um i think if the club really wants to take the rest of this transfer window seriously they need to say well, look, we already spent a hundred plus million on Lukaku, and you know the number. I don't think the number for Kunde was anywhere near 70 or eighty. I think it was something around half of that. But regardless, that's thirty five to forty million pounds saved, or thirty five to forty million pounds that you could potentially invest somewhere else. Um, and I think the money could be spent elsewhere. So, uh, no, like, I, I don't think we need him.
2: When you're uh, so this whole thing about you know, not spending X amount of money on a certain player. Uh, for Chelsea, it's it's very different because it's not like if we spend that money on, on uh, Koundé, we won't have money left over for anyone else. Like, think of the transfer window we had last year, and mm-hmm. still we went out and paid £97 million for Lukaku and whoever. You know, like, like big purchases yeah, I... don't hinder us as much as... You know other clubs. Uh, yeah, so I, I so get like, that. So like, so this my point is, if the club is willing to spend the money that it takes to bring in this talent, it's not our money. The fans aren't you know yeah. trying to balance a budget, and we can't say, oh no, Joel's Kunde, that, that's way too much money for him, and we don't need to spend that money for him. We have we have talent, you know. It's like we can make up for it with with what we have. It's like it what why what What? why are you trying to save another person's money if they're willing to spend that you know what i mean and it's not like it's going to prevent them from making another purchase well, because don't. we keep on spending more yeah but but we don't
0: necessarily have a blank check that we yeah, can just do... write any amount of digits on you I mean, know that there is a uh, there yeah. is a certain there is a budget that we have to stay within so i looked, mean they have it, a budget it i just, don't just i know it like, there's Roman more, just, being a sorry. billionaire, I, I, I don't think Roman being a billionaire has anything to do with this. I think 35 to 40 million is a lot of money for anybody. So if it could be saved, and if you don't need to spend it. But why do you is, care
2: what he does with his money? <laughs> Save it? Well, I'm just well, what saying happens, what I would rather happens, have him do with that money.
1: <laughs> and, and, like, okay, you're right, Sam. It's not our money. But what happens in, let's say, between now and January? We go on like a crazy injury crisis. That's money that could have been like in case of an emergency, break the glass or, you know, from now to next year, who knows who the next prospect in this crazy position is or God, Lord forgives one of our main players who's getting up in age, either in Aspie or Tiago decide to, to you know, retire. Like, I I don't know. I'm, I'm throwing these in, hypotheticals. In all out. of
2: those circumstances, I, I, I hundred percent believe that Chelsea would be able to put up the money to buy it. Like like the situation with with Holland, where the asking price is just too much for what it's actually worth. It's not that Chelsea can't afford it. It's just that what you're asking for is is way more than what we're willing to spend on him. You know. Right. So that, that, that's the only difference. Not like they don't have the money. It's just that it's it's out of so, market.
1: So what if you have a $80 million talent right here in front of you, and you don't have to pay $80 million for it?
0: That's
2: my point. What if we had two $80 million talents? We don't to have <laughs> – But he's 11, not – like, he Only million 11 dollar players, only 11 players can be on the
1: field, and only <laughs> three can be subbed in during the Premier League. Like I get that we have a lot of competitions, but at that's, the end of the day – That's
2: the better we, point.
1: Yeah, we have 40-something players still in the roster right now. See, we're like, I believe that the camp has 40 players. 22, 23 realistically stay. Like again, we we talk. We had this whole podcast two weeks ago about the youth and what we should do with the youth. In this case, they're not. Trevor Chalapa's not giving us an ultimatum. He's even saying that he'll go on loan again. Mm-hmm. But if the opportunity presents itself and he's earned a place to be part of the squad, because he's not asking to start like T- Levermento or, or Louis Bate or, or Mark G- Gurhey. He's willing to earn it. I think that makes a world of difference whether or not you keep him. And again, Kounde, you sign Kounde, he still needs to jump Aspie to start into the, the team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's just like a lot to go for eighty million again, this is Treos uh, price tag but you would expect that would mean instantly without debate you're a starter and, and I don't think that's what we're doing with that number
0: I could see I could see what you're saying though Sam because Andres I think Sam's looking at the long term with Tiago Silva and Dave specifically two three years from now I'm not expecting both of, of them to be at the club so in that case assuming you know one of our players with a buyback clause doesn't pan out Let's say Trevor Chalaba works. In three or four years from now, we're going to have a 31 or 32-year-old Rudiger who might not be at the club anymore. We're going to have a 30-year-old Christian – a 28, 29-year-old Christensen, and that's about it, and Trevor (laughs) Chalaba. So then at that point, we're eventually going to need cover. But the thing is – and here's my issue with bringing in Kunde, and this is the only – this is one of the other things that we haven't really mentioned yet. Ruffling feathers, if you bring in a guy like that – and I know Trevor Chaliba is not necessarily throwing a hissy fit about getting playing time or anything like that. Um, but guys like Dave, guys like Christensen who does slot in on the right-hand side at times, um, even a guy like Rudiger, how do you think they're going to feel? I mean they just won the Champions League with the best defense in the league since Tupel came in. I think it's the best d- defense we've seen in Champions League history or something like that, right? They the most
2: sheets or something. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so, I mean, you also have that as well. So you have to balance the whole, do we need this guy? Do we have to spend this money? And is it going is, to, is it going to ruffle any feathers? Because this team does have a great chemistry going on.
1: And, uh, and, and again, like, sorry to keep adding more things, but Jules Koundé, however you say it correctly, I'm sorry, I'm I, not a fluent French speaker by any means, but He's 22 years old, coming into the Premier League, which is the most physical league in the world. With an $80 price tag, that in itself puts a target on his back. We don't have the most patient fan base by any means. Now, if you have an academy kid who you didn't pay for, who's grown up Chelsea, if he messes up, he gets far more backing than the €80 million player that was bought instead of trusting our own. So, again, I think it's the path of least resistance. to When, when we're not even looking for a center back that badly to, to continue with your own guy. As much as I still rate Jules Koundé, and I'm not going to be upset if we sign him. If you're asking me to do one or the other, I'm starting to lean more in, in the Chalaba route. Because I also don't see any other clubs going for Koundé this very moment.
2: Well, and Real, I know Madrid, that Real Madrid reportedly is, is going in on, on him as well. But I think, and which I think is another reason why Chelsea would want to sign him now. Quick question. Do you guys think that Jules, Koundé, Jules Koundé's price tag will be more or less next season? You're muted, Zach. Zach, you're muted.
0: There's a chance it's
2: more. Damn it. Yeah, I was going about to go on a good one. But yeah, I think it's going to be more. Okay. Um so that that's another reason why you would want to do it now. But I also think that the deal is a year too early. Like I think that if we could if 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 he doesn't bought by Real Madrid and this is one of those deals that we can agree to in January for him to come next season um with this team being another year older and you know, I, and the weird thing is, like, Chalba and Kunde are the same age. They're both 22 years old. So it's not like you're bringing in someone with much more experience. Like, Kunde does have Champions League experience. He does, you know. Plays for so, the national team. Yeah, yeah, so he does have more experience in that sense. But it's not like he's some, you know, stalwart kind of, you know, guy who's proven himself as, like, a for sure kind of thing as well. I mean, yeah. That, that's why, that, I, but I, I think it's a it's a year too early, and I'm with you, Zach, in the sense that I would not be upset if we went out and bought him because he wants to play for us. We've already agreed to personal terms, with right? Him. So you know, yeah. it's just a matter of he rejected you know, I, Spurs. He's basically like proper chels. Yeah, I mean, he said he wants to really he's not really saying, saying much. Rejecting Spurs, like, yeah, who wants to play for them? Um, except for who's the guy Christian Romero? Who's the guy they just, they just signed? Someone, million, yeah, yeah, the Atalanta center back, the Argentinian Ben White. <laughs> <laughs> the English Ben White isn't isn't all that much. I wonder what the Argent the Argentinian version is like. Did I say that right? English version, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, exactly. all right. Um, so going back to this match, um, in the second half we really looked dead without Hakeem Ziyech via really dominated us. Um, and, you know, they had a really nice link. Like there was a certain point where we could not get the ball past our own third, let alone out of the half, uh, out of our own half. It was, it, you know, it was either sending up long balls that just went straight to the other, the, uh, the other team center backs or just, Aaron you know just Aaron passes like if you look at the goal it was a bad pass that they they recovered in in our own third and that back you know that back heel was really nice I got and that finish was really nice I gotta give credit where credits due Zach you're muted again but um <laughs> it, it was just not it did not look good and cho cho coming off in the 82nd minute I want to talk about him real quick He didn't really have much of an impact in yet another big match. Uh, One out of five crosses completed. One out of four long balls completed. 45 out of 52 passes. He didn't complete a single dribble. Um, He has been a standout this preseason, but he just didn't really look up for it today. Andreas, what did you see from Cho? It's just
1: right wing back is just not it. Um, simple as that. I think, you know, a lot of the things we saw this preseason was him at left wing, which is his best position. Most likely. I, I think it's that simple. I mean, if, if Tuchel, I, I you know, I, I read somewhere that Tuchel has done this before where he turns a extremely offensive player into wing back. but I also don't want to force around peg into a square hole kind of thing. Like I, I think Cho is so made for the front three. That's where he feels comfortable. That's where he's dangerous. That's where he can grow into that sort of next level instead of being this fringe on the verge of popping off guy. So, I mean, it it sucks that right now it's Reese James or boy, what's that? The inshallah. <laughs> Am I using that correctly? It's just one of those things like it's either Reese James or we're screwed. Like, send a prayer to see what happens in there because
0: True.
1: Dujon Sterling, if he was considered might have started there instead of Cho but I don't know I think defensively I think he was positionally in the right place I just think that it limits what he does best which is what what he brings moving forward the the other like you either switch to a back four and play a 424 four and let Cho be in the wings or I mean at this point we talk about how con- congested the squad is at the wing like do you loan him? Like what what do you do at this point? I, I I don't know. Right wing back is just not convincing. At least when a team tries to pressure you. He just couldn't find anything.
0: I think the right wing back thing would work um against weaker opposition late in games yeah. when we're just Load trying blocks. to like Yeah. Exactly. Um in a match like this, he he seemed to be caught in two minds. You know, he's not a fullback, so you can't expect him to necessarily do the do the dirty work and do the hard yards. Um, but on countless occasions, uh, actually, the occasion where Trevor Chalaba did that ridiculous bicycle kick, uh, he actually covered for Cho, who didn't track back on his man. And uh, Trevor Chalaba had a guy on his back shoulder, and he knew it, um, and he had to rotate over, but. Yeah, like Andres said, it's just not it. Um, you're asking him to do too much defensively, and it's taking away from his attacking game. Um, I think he's one of those players, especially at this stage in his development. Not saying he can't be this when he gets older, but you got to simplify the game for him. You got to tell him, this is what I need you to do, and that's about it. Um, Sorry, got the most out of him on the wing, I think, um, during his time here. And I think it's because he did have the freedom to kind of do what he wanted in the attacking third. Um, sorry was telling him, have a pop at goal, run at players. Um, when you get the ball, put your head down and go. And here he didn't even attempt to dribble. And I think that's the concern here. It's not like Cho's going out there and, you know, trying to dribble players and things aren't just coming off for him. You know, it's not that his crosses are off target or it was just a bad day at the office. We've seen this time and time again. There hasn't been any consistency on the right wing for him. And Sam, I know you love your wing backs, um, but I just don't think it's for Cho. I think if we do use him, it needs to be in one of those front three positions. And like Andres said, it's it's very tight right now. And uh, you know, even with Ziyech's injury, it's still kind of difficult for him to find playing time. I mean, he still has to worry about Werner and Pulisic. Um, you know, so. I think a loan might be best for him, but the thing is I think you have to treat him very, very carefully. He has a big ego. We know that. Um, you know, b- b- He's on a big wage bill as well, so it's going to be hard to find a team that's going to take on his full wage bill. So we're going to have to probably split. It's, it's just going to be very complicated, and I think that's probably why he hasn't gone out on loan already. Um, you know, Tuchel hasn't really spoken about him too much lately, which isn't a good sign.
2: But he's been playing
0: them. He has been playing, and I know he's been great in preseason, but.
2: But, and also, I sorry. We, we, I was going to say, in the preseason, we
1: played teams that were not. They were playing low blocks. Again, Tottenham. They're under Nuno. They're going to be counterattacking and low block. Arsenal. I don't even know what the hell Mikel Arteta's trying to do. But again, like, he's getting to move forward more. This was a cup final and when Ziyesh came off the that's probably what hurt Cho the most and I just think like obviously Reese James is going to get most of the reps I just wish we knew it, it's just one of those things where like being a utility player may not be the thing for Cho and and sometimes you, as a young player, you want to say yes to whatever happens. And I I mean, there's nothing he can do. If he wants to be on the pitch, he's going to play where he's told. But I'm hoping that like, as the season progresses, it's further forward. Like, I don't want to go into a competitive match where the other team is coming at us and, and it be Cho out there. Like I want Cho closer to the middle, you know, like between the half circle of the box and the edge of the box dribbling at people, not Mm -hmm. outside of the right by the corner flag. Like I want him in a position where where the only option he has after he beats a player isn't just crossing. Like, I want him to make people doubt themselves. I, that's where he succeeds. Like, all his goals happen, like, on that just one step inside the box, usually, after he mm-hmm. beats. And, and it's just a matter of time. I think, you know, again, Tuchel leaned on the guys that were, you know, coming in as an interim manager. He had to lean on the guys that were playing well. Now he had a full summer with him. I think... Again, Cho plays right wing back today because Reese, Chilwell, and Mason just came back from the Euros. There's a lot that plays a factor into it. Mm-hmm. But in the high state games, I don't think that the move is to have Cho at right wing back.
0: Let me ask you guys something. If we had cover at right wing back, um, you know, cover for Reese James, obviously, because he's our first choice. Do you loan Cho?
2: We do have Does cover. it make the decision Dave, easier for you? We we saw that move. We, that was a straight swap today. Dave came in for cho show yeah, right but, wing back.
0: He, yeah, but I don't think Dave is necessarily going to be playing a lot of minutes there this well, season. Well, you're
2: talking about a backup. Wait, well, you don't yeah. – oh, there? You're, oh, I'm yeah, saying yeah, a yeah, right right backup. Back, Specifically a okay. right wing back. But yeah, like as, a, as the backup right wing like back, though, he's Alonso going to play. well. yeah i i think if we actually sorry let me let me just let me put a caveat to what i just said because i if if he's gonna be playing a lot of center back then he won't be you know we're not gonna have him playing there every match like playing center back like the right center back and then play filling in at right wing back when when uh reese james comes out like we 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 do need more cover at ring right wing back i think you're right
1: The the scenario I think Zach is putting here is if let's say Tino Levermento decided to stay and he's fine at deputizing behind Reese James, where does that put Cho in the squad? And, you know, there was talks at one point that we were trying to use him as part of the Holland deal and send him on loan as a Sancho replacement. Like we know that he's valued highly elsewhere, but we're not willing to sell him. And at this point, like you want the kid to get minutes. And to me, like, I want him to get minutes in the right place. Like, I, I don't want him to be, you know, grow to be this player who doesn't know what his best position is. Because I think that if you groom him at this young age to be specifically a winger in the front three, that's going to do far more for his career than, oh, he can play a little wing back. Oh, he can play a little bit on the right. F-. Like, like, do we really want Cho's legacy to be Victor Moses? Like, honestly, like, that's not what I expect him. I want him to be up there with with like rashford as being regarded as this like up and coming killer winger that's what i want for him so it's tough like i i just don't want to see him primarily be at a wingback position this year
2: i'm down for the lone spell as well he needs playing time he just needs it and i don't see uh, yeah as a wingback as a wingback guy Zach uh, Zach uh he's not that that ain't it i don't think he's a wing back like and i think that like if he keeps on playing there and you know, like gets more experience, sure he'll eventually become a, probably a, a better wing back. I don't know if that he'll be an elite one, but I'm with Andreas where I wanted to play where he's best at. I want him to mm-hmm. play on the wing, and that that's probably the best move for him. All right, let's let's move on. I and mean, I can't believe this hasn't been brought up yet, but the Kepa thing. Was crazy. It was. It was <laughs> actually insane, because we're coming off of the Euros, where what's his name was absolutely uh, Southgate was absolutely bludgeoned for bringing on Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho with two minutes left, uh, to, to take you know penalties. to take penalties, and Tuchel, maybe genius, maybe madman, maybe a little <laughs> bit in between he puts on a new keeper for penalties. And that keeper is Kepa Arizabalaga, who we've been absolutely shitting on for, Sean. yeah, for the last three, two, three seasons, however long he's been here. He pulled
1: yeah. a 2014 Netherlands uh in the World Cup where Tim Krul oh. came in with the water bottle in the notes. And he, oh. I believe they beat Costa Rica in the quarterfinals and he came as a 120th minute substitute. I mean, yeah. it's madness, man. Like this is a, it's funny because we come full circle. uh And <laughs> in like the, in the, during, sorry, in the 120th minute, Kepa was supposed yeah. to come off <laughs> for penalties because Caballero was going to come in. And now here we are with him on the opposite side of things. And Eduard Mendy was a complete gentleman and just clapped him in and hyped him up. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and the, which it, makes more it, sense because like the Caballero thing, taking off Keppa for Caballero, like Keppa is small. He's six feet tall, so like having him in for penalties, you'd think you'd want a bigger guy there. That if he jumps left, like like that, there was one shot where he jumped, he jumped to his right to save a shot, and he, you know he was he he guessed the right way, but his hands weren't there because he was too short. One that if yeah. if, if it was Mendy, you would have made it, but I, I like and. I mean, again, it, like, but, it, but it, it depending on whether takes,
1: he won. Couldn't you argue that a bigger guy takes longer to get there because he has to move like a bigger mass from standstill to diving? That, I
2: don't know.
1: That, I don't think Cause, that cause was – Because Caballero is not bigger than Keppa.
0: No. Caballero was subbed on because he used to play for City and he knew which way the players went. No, that's
1: Caballero, why have No, it's statistics. Caballero is good at saving PKs. Like – it, I think that
0: yeah, I mean, you have and, that and also. Quote you makes don't you think, think the same thing. You don't think he knows which way De Bruyne goes, which way Sterling goes, No, because goes. De
1: Bruyne has missed so many PKs. I don't even know if De Bruyne knows where
0: he goes. <laughs> City <laughs> are all oh, here's The thing, PKs. the the weird thing about this whole situation is that when the Caballero thing happened, I actually wanted that sub to happen. I was like, oh, sorry, he's doing the right thing here. <laughs> like, it's a good move on his part. Right. But, in I, this situation, I'm thinking to myself oh god i
1: but I kind of liked Sam's thing on our group text earlier, saying that Kepa can speak Spanish and so he can get into these guys' <laughs> heads yeah, because it shit. made me it made me flash back to the Copa America when Emiliano Martinez was doing that to the Colombian players every time they went up to a kick. Yeah, he, was just he was talking,
0: talking and talking, and
1: talking, yeah. talking in their yeah. ears, and then he ate he
2: Mina alive yeah. Was, yeah,
0: it was uh Despite some some backlash that we got on Twitter. Um I've never once said that I want Keppa to fail here at Chelsea. I just want to put that out there. Like, I don't understand why we have to get called out for we don't have, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to say my piece. I don't want to it after. I don't understand why we get called out for talking shit about Kepa when he actually played bad.
2: Yeah, and it's absurd. Like <laughs> when he when he gets put in, what do you ex- what do you want us to do? Root against him? Against him? Like, like, oh, you fucking what is this game, man? Just I, I want I want to be proven right so bad that I want Chelsea to lose in a penalty kick. That's that's no, that's what we it's were right. for. But anyway, um, <laughs> I I I have to say I was um so I, it was just very shocking to save the least uh, Tuchel. Uh, after the match, uh, he he talked about, this. Is the, he had a quote. Kepa has, he said, Kepa has the best percentage at saving penalties. The analyzing guys and goalkeeping coaches showed me the data. We spoke to the players that this could happen when we played knockout games. It's fantastic how Edward accepted it. There's proof that Keppa is better in this discipline. They're team players. Edwards does not show the pride to not step off the field. He was happy to do it for his team and take this for the team. This guy This guy is crazy. Thomas Tuchel. Like he is able <laughs> not, not not like not in the sense that for his decision, but just like how good he is at making just communicating to his players their roles, their reasoning behind it, and making them understand and buy into it it's like he has got be one of the. i mean but it's it's not just the numbers thing it's like dealing with personalities and humans like yeah he's so good at that it's crazy like uh, you mentioned earlier head
0: isn't completely gone it's after three managers he rehabilitated him
2: no he he literally rehabilitated him he was gone uh before like like he was like his mind was completely gone and with that being said, um, just to kind of end
0: off my, my my rant, like good for Keppa. I'm fucking happy for him. Like and, and I'm actually proud of him as well. This this shows a lot of character. Um, that ability to go through three managers as a record goalkeeping goalkeeper uh, signing and continuously fail for 3 years and have this success at then that's great for him. I'm I'm happy. And it boosts his value, which is always nice as well.
1: Okay, we're show some respect to a guy that has the full European cabinet, all right? Hey. Let's, I like, like kepa has yeah. got the Europa, the Champions League, and now the Super Cup. Like yep. uh good good for him. I mean Sam, you talk about uh Tuchel cool talking and, and being able to explain things. How about the fact that the manager doesn't have, you know, this ego to say, no, Mendy's my guy and I'm sticking by him. And he listened to his assistants and the Mm -hmm. numbers that proved otherwise. Like that's that, that takes guts and it, and it takes also like a, a team approach to things like it's not just me versus the world. Like I have a staff for a reason and I'm going to listen to them. So that's, that's class on Thomas. He's such
2: a, such a great manager. I'm so happy to have him. Uh, We, we got, we got a Ron, AKA bone daddy. Cool. AKA bone daddy. Deluxe, AKA body bone daddy. Supreme. He chimed in. He said, Kepa appreciation post. How big was this for him? Does this make, does this make us all feel a little bit better inside with, Mendy being out when the African Cup comes around? And is this the closest we've had? Uh, sorry. And is this the closest team we've had since the days of the spine? The camaraderie on this team is so infectious. Hashtag Rep Ultras. That, that's what I was talking about, like the camaraderie and the closeness of the team. This has a lot to do with what Thomas Tuchel is, is, is implementing and his, his ability just to be open with everyone. And Zach, like I know earlier you, you said that, you know, Cho has an attitude problem or, you know, like an ego, whatever. Um, I never really noticed that from him. Like I never picked that up. And I feel like this last season when he was actually fully healthy, he had even more of a right to act out or to, mm-hmm. you know, to speak out. I never heard him speak out anything like that. Like think about that time where, You know, he, he got subbed in at half and then got taken out like 15 minutes later and him and Tuchel were fine. Like, yeah, that, that is, that's absolutely insane. If you think about the egos of professional Professional. athletes, like, (laughs) and being able to, you know, make them modest and humble them and to make them realize, oh, it's just, it's, it's bigger than me. It's, it's, it's the team. It's everything. You know, there's a reasoning for all this. He definitely meditates. He, has to, he strikes but... me as a man that meditates the, the, <laughs> yeah. that's the only
0: way you can you can really you know juggle all these personalities it's I can't say enough about the guy um but yeah I mean I I agree with Ron I think mentioning African Cup of Nations is is important because that is a period of time where mendy's gonna be out um so we are gonna be counting on Keppa in that situation uh, to to, you know, deputized for him for a few weeks, and yeah. you know, in all fairness to Keppa, there's your chance. You
1: know? uh, and, and and you want him to come in with full confidence, right? So exactly. at least we know that like, you know Tuchel's going to give him his the right to play. I don't know how many more penalty knockout situations we'll be in between now and January, but you know, there's the Carabao Cup, and and in December there's the Club World Cup. Like he'll get his minutes. And again, like I hate to like I need to push back and say, like, look, penalties are one thing. A full game is another. But a confident keeper is five times better than an unconfident one. So, like, I'll I'll take any boost that Kepa can get uh, going into that period
0: in January. I like the relationship that Kepa and Mendy have, too, that we haven't mentioned that yet. I Think Mendy was one of the first players to congratulate him and give him a big hug, a pat on the back. He even tweeted about it and said, like, you know, th- this one was on you, like, you, you helped us get here, you know, and you- especially you were considering
2: all this. the saves that Mendy had during the match. Yeah. He had like four Kep- or five big saves. If uh,
0: this isn't an advertisement or anything, but Kepa did have an article in the Players Tribune. Um, if any of you are listening and don't know what that is it's a sports blog it's incredible in your
2: pocket right now Zach come on no you're getting paid for this aren't you it's (laughs) probably one of my favorite sports blogs
0: but 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 basically the players write the articles from their perspective and Kepa wrote about that incident um, you know was sorry um, when you know in 120th minute with the whole substitution thing so you know he shows a lot of maturity and a lot of growth in that article and and it just kind of carried over and spilled into this game so if you're asking me now, um, I know we're fresh off the win, and yeah, I might be still riding high off of it, but I trust Kepa now more than I ever did, I think. It, he just seems to be in a really, really good place here, and when you have a confident player,
2: um, there's really not much else you can ask for, as a fan, at least. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on. One last thing, uh, just to add about uh, oh, Kepa. I'm just, yeah... The, very happy for him and i thought i thought ever since last season i was comfortable like him making some starts you know like what he did during champions league or or no the fa cup sorry um i I, i've already been comfortable with him playing um but anyways let's go let's move on uh quick tammy update um So since we last talked, which was not too long ago, we got an update regarding the Tammy Abraham situation. So, um, Atalanta has pulled out. Um, and now Roma is, this is the team that Zach said that he hoped he was going to, Mm -hmm. Uh, um, you know, they just sold off Eden Dzeko to Inter Milan and now they need a new striker. Um, and you know, Mourinho out there, uh, he's very fond of him as well uh tiago pinto who is the roma general manager he's supposedly going to be flying out to london to pretty much to convince tammy to go play for them because tammy still wants to play for fucking arsenal so <laughs> apparently the team has uh, the teams have already come to an agreement uh 35 million pounds with a buyback clause um I don't know if that's 100 true um, but uh tammy does still prefer to stay in london after the interest from arsenal but you know they would need to sell first before bidding on tammy because they're losers um but uh i'm really hoping that this this roma move does happen and it would be amazing if there was a buyback clause in it because i'm not ready hundred percent to move on from him, but I do want to see him happy. And I think that bringing him into this, this Roma side with, with Mourinho would be such a great experience for him to grow and develop. And I think like he, he could easily bag, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll say 20 goals because like, if you see like how many 20 goal scorers there were in Serie A last year, actually, uh, I'll look that up right now, but Andreas, what do you think of this, of these rumors?
1: I think, honestly, Tammy needs to go to a place where there's going to be stability. And I think it's immature of him to think that that's going to come from Arsenal, where after one preseason game, the hashtag Arteta out was trending. Like, Mm -hmm. What if he goes to Arsenal and Arteta does get fired, and the next manager doesn't raid him? Mourinho's coming into Roma to a very distraught Roma that just got rid of Edin Dzeko. Like, you're coming into a young team that's going to give someone like Mourinho time. And again, Mourinho got an unknown player for Marseille to become the most lethal finals striker ever in DDA Drogba. Like, I, I just don't... I don't see how this is a bad thing, and I mean, look at your Chris Smalling revived his career in Syria. His buddy from Cobham, Fikayo Tomori, is loving life in Syria. Like Syria, unlike La Liga, is trending up. And on, I, I can't believe he passed up on the on the chance to play Champions League with Atalanta, but now he can be coached under Mourinho and a guy that's really gonna force Tammy to, to learn whether it's a good way or the hard way to expand his game a little bit. And with patience on top of that, I think he should look into it. I mean, I I don't see why it, it would be it could be such a tough decision when you hear that the managers, general manager is coming all the way to basically beg you to play. Like I don't see anything from Arsenal in the newspapers showing that much intent. Tammy saying he wants to go to Arsenal. We've talked about it. his family was Arsenal fans. He doesn't have to move away from London. It's the quote unquote easy decision. Mm-hmm. Like go, go to Italy, take the risk.
0: I will like, be I will be frustrated as fuck if he goes to Arsenal. Not only because it's Arsenal, but like you said, it's a player of his talent needs to be taking up the biggest challenge. And I said it last week, and Kendall Higa actually tweeted at us this week and said, like, the line that stood out is when uh, I mentioned when we were talking about this last week, and I mentioned, you know, he shouldn't go to Arsenal because it's a shit show. He needs to go somewhere where where he'll have the opportunity to fuck it up on his own. And Roma's perfect for that. Jose Mourinho, (laughs) listen, you could say whatever the hell you want about Jose Mourinho. Does he still have it? Is he still a winner? Did he lose it? but what you can what you can still bet your bottom dollar on is that he knows how to get goals out of a striker. And when he identifies one as a target, it might be a good idea to say, "Hmm, this might be good for my career because I'm going to be the only person scoring goals on this whole team." So, it's it's clear as day what the right decision is here. I think even Arsenal fans are would be surprised if Tammy comes. Um <sighs> It just wouldn't be a competitive. It wouldn't be a. It wouldn't be a move that would. I w- I don't know. I I I would be so disappointed. It's just completely against a competitive spirit of being a professional footballer. You take mm-hmm. up the biggest challenge. You go to the bigger club. And you make a bigger name for yourself. He has a better chance to play Champions League if he goes to Italy. He has a better chance to play more games if he goes to Italy. The other issue that they're also having is that Arsenal need to offload players before they could sign anybody. They're a shit show right now in their books. I was reading that they need to get rid of uh, uh, they need to get rid of Lacazette at least um, in order to bring another player in. So that does include Tammy, obviously. So Lacazette's stock isn't that high. I'm sure not a lot of teams are interested in him this late in the window. I think his opportunity to make a move is going to come later in the month. So. Tammy has to make up his mind to make it up quick, and I hope he makes the right decision.
2: All right, let's move into some Twitter questions. This first one is from Kendall Higa at khiga 19 He asks, did Rudiger's straight on run fool the keeper, or did he just think that it was going straight down the middle? It just seems strange he stood there and waved the ball as it went by. That was a very unconventional uh, penalty run-up going straight down, and I noticed that too. And I really do think that the keeper thought it was going down the middle. I mean, I think – I don't know if I've ever seen Rudiger take a penalty before and whether that is his normal run-up, but it confused the shit out of me, and I think it did the same to the other keeper. Andreas, what do you think?
1: I I just think it's one of those things where the keeper really just thought – He's going to just smack it in the middle, and he stayed in the middle, so he looked even stupider when the ball just went right by him. It, I mean, the ball's coming at you at least at 55 miles an hour from that distance. And it's so, yeah, I mean, I think he just looked dumb. It's kind of like when, mm-hmm. when, a, when a goalkeeper doesn't dive in a free kick because they're like, oh, I might not make it, or like that ball's not going in, and then it does. It, it just as a keeper, I probably wouldn't stay down the middle ever just because that looked so bad.
0: Yeah. I think it's the run up that confused the keeper more than anything because he ran straight onto it like an arrow. And you also have the fact that Rudiger doesn't take penalties very much. It was kind of a su- of a surprise selection that he picked that that daddy picked Rudiger. So fair play to him, man. He he did exactly what I thought he was going to do. There were only two outcomes. He was either going to sky it, or he was going to smash it into the corner.
2: And thank
0: God he didn't sky it.
2: All right, let's go to the next question. This one is from Ron again. He says, seeing our attack be so lackluster when we lost the Wizard, how important is Lukaku going to be? And with one cup down, how many are we winning this year? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Zach, you want to handle this one?
0: Yeah. Look, Lukaku is going to be very important for us. Um, we finally have a number nine that is proven, that will give us the goals that we need, that has the right physicality for the league, that wants to be at the club, that still has a point to prove, still has unfinished business in the Premier League, um, and he's hungry. So he's going to be really important. I don't really know how I could put it in words, but um, you know, my excitement for in, in my excitement just for his announcement. Is, is is through the roof. So um yeah. Um in terms of how many cups we're gonna win this year, I think it's fair to say that we're definitely contenders for the title. I think the squad is good enough. Um, you know, with Lukaku's arrival especially to contend. Um we are already a Champions League winning team, so I'd be a fool to say that we can't do it again. Um no, the team and in Paris
2: says otherwise.
0: I mean look, if we're yeah, it, look, PSG is easily the favorites, but but we're gonna be competitive. We have every opportunity to be competitive, and everybody counted us out. We only win Champions Leagues when we're not the favorites, so actually this is a good situation for us. So Champions
2: um, League champions confirmed, right? I am not going to
0: curse it. I think it's gonna be a two-two, a very close game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, be a um, nice hard-fought battle. Hard-fought yeah, just, battle. just I like about that just part. like how we were we were underdogs against Bayern Munich uh, two years ago, and they absolutely destroyed us. But uh, I, I I think
0: I think I think we could all agree that we will be in contention for four trophies this season, or four more at least. Right? We got the FA Cup, we got uh Carabao Carabao Club yeah. World Cup. Oh, we still have the Club World Cup oh. too. We're on for five trophies.
2: I think we win one at least.
0: Yeah, we do one s- more. Yeah, I th- I think one more is a guarantee. I would be dis- I think if we don't get one more trophy between now and the end of the season, it would be a disappointment, a disappointing season.
2: And that would be nice. One, yeah, one, one, uh, one of those trophies would be nice. Uh, yeah. all right. This next one is from Russell Saunders uh, at Mr. Grumpy Oz. He attached a picture of Pulisic, uh you know, excited, hugging Kepa after the match, the last uh, save. And he said, was this the sharpest Pulisic looked all night? <laughs> I mean, to be honest, Pulisic did not look great. He did convert his penalty. Thank God. it, took it well. Thank God that he did not miss. If he was the reason why we lost, I, we wouldn't have been recording right now definitely not. I wouldn't have been, but, uh, (laughs) I think overall he didn't, we didn't mention him at all, but it was just like, I I thought like his positioning, like where he was being asked to play was pretty weird. Like he was, he was coming really, really deep to receive passes. And like, I, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was a very free flowing position. Like I couldn't tell where he was playing. I know he was like inside, right, right forward for a lot of it, but he was dropping back a lot to receive passes and to think bring the just ball. I
0: think it's just how the pace of the game was going. Everybody was so gassed. And Kai was Kai couldn't be bothered to even jog in the last ten or fifteen right. minutes he of the game. Gassed. So or I don't know Yeah, why. he was. I, was, I mean like, I'm not I'm not shitting on him. They're still not in, you know, mid season form, so
1: anyway, I just feel like we talked about what can Lukaku do for this team and it's just have a focal point. You talk yeah. about the position and the fluidity. I don't even know if it's fluidity because at one point he was playing on the right side. Then you see him in the middle. And when those switches happen, it's not like he was switching back and forth. He was like strictly staying in the middle. So mm-hmm. I, it was just felt like the an odd time to experiment. I don't think Kai Havertz played a single minute down the middle this match which was extremely frustrating to me because that's when we looked our best last season when he finally clicked as the false nine so yes Lukaku's option number one it sounds like maybe Timo is option number two why did we jump to option number four in Pulisic when Kai Havertz is right there he probably has to do less running if he's playing at the nine like it, it just felt weird this isn't me defending Pulisic because so you're Russell's right he did not have a good match like I don't think Polisic was fantastic. I also don't think he was the worst player out there. So it, it just sucks that the guy that he replaced was our best player on the pitch for 43 minutes, and nobody after that even caught up to the numbers that Zish put down in that in those 40-ish minutes. So
2: yeah. yeah,
1: unfortunate. We'll see what happens.
2: All right. Uh we're going to our last question. This one's from Chelsea Eric. He asks who gets benched for Lukaku? Zach. Mm. I think this is pretty easy. Yeah. He, he, didn't, he did not look good today. I Please. I, even for like a, a small stretch of the match.
0: Yeah, and then he'll have a good game and we'll praise him and then we'll get shit on again for talking shit about him. Can't for God.
2: him after you talk shit. That's a yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I have to root against him now. You guys
1: are so salty. Yeah. <laughs> a little oh, uh, I think the easy answer is definitely in this formation it's, it's definitely Timo Werner. Um if we change formations the whole 11 looks a lot different. So yeah, in a 3-4-3 three, three, yeah. Timo comes off, Mount comes Mount is in that position and Lukaku is the clear and obvious number 9.
0: Oh, don't please don't use clear and obvious. I'm done with that shit. <laughs> Hopefully no more this season after they changed the the new VAR offsides rule giving benefit of the benefit of the doubt to the attackers. So you can change it's the world, but rock. It's still the same idiots implementing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Facts. Unfortunately.
1: I'm not uh, I'm not singing any praises till I see it.
2: Yeah. Hey, I would have been happy to see a uh, Premier League uh, referee in today's match. This bald fuck was didn't know what the fuck he was doing, <laughs> and I've I've definitely yeah. recognized that from other Champions League matches. I don't know where Russian.
1: He, he's a he's Russian gone. guy. I don't know. Never I
0: mean, seen him you before. Thought, and you would be think careful that. what you say.
2: I know, but you would think that we would give us a little bit of favor. We having a Russian connection, but <laughs> guess not. Um. All right, let's let's do a quick quick preview of Crystal Palace. It's 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 very hard for us to do a real preview of this team because. They just brought in Patrick Patrick Vieira to be their manager, and we don't really know how they're gonna play, who he's gonna favor. Um, they brought in two new center backs, um, ex Chelsea player Mark Gahey and uh, former Lyon center back Yoki Anderson. Um, Connor Gallagher is not eligible to play as being uh, Chelsea loney, um, but I'll start off with this. Andreas, This question is from uh, Nick Lenardson. It's been a while since he's uh, asked a question. It's been a very long time. Hey, Nick. We miss you. Good to hear Um, from you, man. He says, how would you line up our front three on Sunday? Or it's Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, so it's Saturday.
1: Oh, man. I don't know what type of manager Tuchel is when it comes to new signings. I, I don't know. I remember Conte took forever to bring in new players. Sorry, took forever. Like, I don't know. I, it's a tough one. Lukaku had a shorter preseason, much like all the other players who had a deeper run in the Euros. He hasn't even been formally announced as a Chelsea player. So it's tough. <laughs> I think that the front three going into this weekend is going to be well, now with Ziyech, I would have put Ziesh there 100%. He would have been the first name I would have put down. Um, I think it might be Werner, Kai, and Mount. Like, I really do. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know Kaku yeah. Lukaku can start a game without even training with his teammates.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I, I was thinking about it earlier uh, earlier today, and I was just thinking, all right, if I manage this team, what would I do on Saturday? Would I start Lukaku? Would I not start him? And my first instinct was no, for the obvious reasons of he has trained with anybody. Um, but then I got to thinking, and I'm like, man, we spent 100 million on this guy, and he's not young anymore. You know, he's a proven player. He should be able to not necessarily hit the ground running, but kind of produce from the get go. You don't spend 100 million on a guy that, you know, you should take your time for. So I don't know. I. I I'm going to side with Andres on this one. I think Tuchel would probably take more pragmatic approach um, because it's a team like Crystal Palace. And because we don't necessarily know what we're getting, I think we would be better off playing a team uh, that we're more familiar with. Um, so, yeah. And, of course, you know, you always have the option to bring him off the bench. Now, I don't know the rule. Maybe you do, Andres. Did Chelsea have to register him, what, like 48 hours? him to be eligible to play at the weekend I mean I think if
1: he was in London today I'm sure the registration already happened so I think he can yeah. play so I I mean tomorrow we'll probably finally get to see the the you know little minute video that everyone always posts when a signing comes in he'll have a squad number yeah
0: I, hopefully we wake up to it
1: he yeah he should he should be on the bench I, I I'd be shocked if he's not
2: yeah. Ooh, wait, hold on. Here's a here's a question. What number will he be? Because I mean Tammy's still the number nine.
1: Eighteen. Bring back the OG or like Messi style, his debut number for Chelsea.
2: We don't, wear, 18? Like, I don't Lukaku, know. 18. Yeah, what number is he gonna wear?
0: Do I'm we hoping it's 18?
2: eighteen. Let me see. I'm confirming to make sure. Yeah, I don't think we have an 18. It's available.
1: All right. Well, that's, that's my guess.
2: 23 is uh the... Wait, we don't it have It was
1: Gilmore. Three. 23 oh, was yeah. Gilmore, but you don't give 23 to a striker.
2: Why not? Who cares? You're right. I mean, Messi is wearing 30 right now.
1: It was his debut number. That's what I'm saying. Pull a Messi. Use 30? your debut number.
2: Yep. Oh, was Lukaku's debut number... Eight, With Chelsea,
1: it was eighteen. Yeah. All
2: right, then do it. Let's go. What about
0: what number was he at West Brom when he played his uh, first Premier League match? Uh,
2: let's yeah, I see. The, the I'm idea looking to it be up honest. right now. But um, let's let's uh, let's talk predictions, guys.
1: Um, I was gonna say one thing also that is kind of tough about Palace is that for every like young guy they brought in, which like the average age was like twenty four. Uh, of all their transfers in, the transfers out. The average age was like 29. So they did a complete overhaul of their squad. So this mm-hmm. isn't like we have zero grounds to to go off of. Like we know Wilfred yeah. Zaha is there, but I fully got rid expect, of Townsend.
0: They got rid of Benteke. Or is he? Yeah, still there they maybe? they
1: haven't re they haven't resigned uh, Cahill. Yeah, um, I I fully expect a better performance. Like I I think you know you you should expect the starters to come back in maybe you don't give a full 90 to the wingbacks cuz that's very taxing but i'll lose my mind if Reece James is not starting on the right side so for me i think it should be a solid 2-0 i'm going
0: to go 1-0 i think i i think chelsea get the clean sheet and i think you know i think i think we get it done so i'll go
2: 1-0 by the way Lukaku is 20 at west brom and that's cho so yeah, he can't be 20 then. Unless Cho goes on loan. And if if Tammy is sold within the next 24 hours, hey, who knows? Well, can, Tammy has to make up, up his mind by the
0: end of the week. So Lukaku <laughs> could wait and technically... Maybe that's why he's delaying. Maybe that's why he's, he's delaying. Waiting. The he's waiting for He's his like, he's like I'm leave. only going to hold up the front of the
2: shirt. I'm not holding up the back of the shirt yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll decide on the number later. Or you'll yeah, be number three, just like look, the, just like the rest of the team. Probably, Everyone's number three. I'll be kind of
0: annoyed if we have like a marquee striker signing and he doesn't take the number nine.
2: No, but there, but there's the curse of the number nine, Zach, the he, Chelsea he'll break number it. nine.
0: This gonna really? break
2: it. I hope. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I, I almost don't want him to to take nine. If just anything, 18, he'll break you know. it by four. Twice He's as good as least. nine. Yeah, I'll take. Let's go. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on eighteen. I like eighteen, 18. A lot. He's uh, as good as Chelsea a legend Olivier Giroud. Yeah. Yeah. That. Oh, that's who it was. Okay. Yeah. because I, I, I knew there was an eighteen. Um. And Giroud okay. was class.
0: Yeah. World class. That's right. So, anyways, and that does kind of bring it to the end of the show. Um, for this episode. So, one trophy in the books. Uh, we have what five more to go. Five compete more to for, go. So. <laughs> Let's fucking do it, guys. Um, make six, sure you – uh, cool. six. For, I hope we go six for six. Um, make sure that you uh, stay on the lookout for our next pod. Um, it will be dropping um, at the end of the weekend. Uh, we'll be reviewing the Palace match and looking ahead uh, to the rest of the season where we'll actually be giving our season uh, predictions. So um, better late than never, I guess. But uh, if you're not following us on Twitter, at RomansEmpirePod, we've also gotten some emails, which has been great romansempirepod at gmail.com until next week keep the blue flag flying high